Anthony Richardson plays tonight for the Colts, but who else should we be watching for? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and not bailing on us already after I flubbed the, the intro. Uh, this is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is presented by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, Gant Run Teed. Hello, everyone. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, we have just been cranking out the content lately on Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, uh, just everything top to bottom Colts right now. And tonight is the final preseason game for the Colts as they take on the Eagles. Uh, we're going to discuss our expectations for Anthony Richardson as well as who we want to see most on offense and defense and then we're going to open up the floor to you guys there at the end uh, to take some of your questions. So looking ahead, offense, obviously it all starts with Anthony Richardson, Zach. You actually wrote an article today, uh, top five things we need to see from Anthony Richardson in this preseason finale, uh, horseshoehuddle.com. That is up as of a couple hours ago, everybody. Uh, so Zach, why don't you just go ahead and kind of give your bullet points there of those things you're wanting to see from him. Yeah, I mean, to the kind of preface this, we don't know how much Anthony Richardson's going to play tonight. It could be one series. It could be a whole quarter. It could be the whole first half. Uh, so we don't know exactly how much Anthony Richardson's going to play in this game. And I'm sure we'll kind of see as the game goes on and who's out there with him and just how long it all goes. But for me, I just want to see those positive steps that from what we saw two weeks ago. You know, two weeks ago against the Buffalo Bills, we saw the flashes. We saw the really good moments, uh, but we also saw some poor moments and some things that you obviously know that you have to need that you like know that you need to work on with a player like Anthony Richardson. Uh, we saw a lot of passes that sailed high because he wasn't driving on that front foot, wasn't getting his entire mechanics and his whole body into his throws. So he was sailing a lot of passes high. We saw the interception, obviously, which we broke it down over on horseshoehuddle.com uh, exactly what happened on that interception. But again, you don't want to see your young quarterback playing hero ball and turning the ball over that close to his own goal line. That's just not a, a factor in winning football games. So you want to see him clean up those things from his mechanics, obviously, to keeping the ball in his hand and not turning the ball over at all. Uh, but also on top of that, I just wanted to see a couple other things. You know, I want to see if this running game still looks pretty good with him behind center. You know, we saw in that first preseason game against the Buffalo Bills, Deion Jackson had six carries for 35 yards with Anthony Richardson. And that's just because the threat of Anthony Richardson leads to a more positive running game. It doesn't matter who's back there at running back. They're going to have more rushing opportunities and more open holes because of a quarterback like Anthony Richardson. I want to see that continue into this game. And also my, my big one, the big one I really want to see, I want to see them connect on one deep ball. Just him and Alec Pierce need to actually connect on the deep ball. We saw it all throughout all, like all of training camp. Alec Pierce is getting by corners. He's getting vertical. He's getting deep. We saw it in joint practices against the Bears. Obviously, we saw some clips uh, from the joint practice against the Eagles. 
that Alec Pierce was able to uncover deep and catch really nice passes down the field from Anthony Richardson. Let's just get it done tonight. Let's just get one of those down tonight. I know they came really close in that Bills game. Pierce wasn't able to secure it as he went to the ground. I just want to see one completed tonight just so I can feel really pumped about that connection going into the year. But honestly, like like I kind of put in that article, I, I don't want to see – well, I mean, I would love to see it, but I'm not expecting Richardson to come out being this finished product now. Like, okay, third preseason game, you're going to be super accurate. You're going to be athletic. You're going to do everything perfect. No, there's still going to be some warts to go through, but I just want to see the positive progression. I want to see some of those balls, the locations of them coming down a little bit. I don't want to see a turnover, and I want to see them connect on that deep ball just a little bit cleaner from what we saw in that Bills game. Uh, I don't care if it's just one or two series either, just a little bit cleaner of an outing from Anthony Richardson, and I'm feeling pretty good going into week one. Yeah, and I'm hoping he gets to do some of those things under structure because, I mean, the the Philadelphia defensive front is pretty tough. Uh, so Richardson could be under pressure quite a bit. So hopefully there's time for him to show those things. Plus, since we didn't get to see him in that last preseason game, it's kind of been a bit, you know, a couple weeks, like what's the progression look like? We got to see him in practice last week, uh, but still people are begging for more Anthony Richardson. So we'll see it tonight. Like you said, there's some things within structure and outside of it that we could see. And really all you're hoping for in general is just uh, just some improvement. Uh, otherwise, there's some position battles that kind of still need hashed out. Uh, looking at wide receivers five and six. Looking, you know, Mike Strawn, Brashad Perriman, Jawan Winfrey, Amari Rogers, the newcomers, James Washington and DJ Montgomery. Those guys, you know, especially a couple of those really showed out last week. Uh, Washington and Montgomery, 24 hours after being signed, made big plays. So how are things going to shake out at five and six? Like, who, who is your biggest spotlight on from this group? Honestly, for me, it's which one of these guys does the most on special teams tonight. Because I think we kind of know what they all are when it comes to being pass catching options. You know, we know what Mike Strawn is. We know exactly what Mike Strawn is at this point. We know what Rashad Perryman is. We know what Amari Rogers is. We know what these guys are on offense. But which one of these guys can make that play on special teams that tells the team, hey, I can be your next Ashton Doolin? Because that's all that's all they need right now. They like. Again, you would love to have a productive wide receiver five that can go out there and give you productive snaps on offense when when it comes down to it. But at the end of the day, wide receiver five, wide receiver six is not going to play many snaps that like on offense. That is they're not going to play many snaps at all. They're going to be playing a ton of snaps, though, on special teams. So I'm looking for, again, the Jawan Winfrey, the James Washington type for shot pyramid, Mike Strawn, which of these guys can go down there and make us make a tackle at Gunner. Which of them could go down there on on kickoff team and make some plays? Like, don't get me wrong, I would love to see one of these guys go off for 100 yards tonight. But at the end of the day, what what matters when it comes to making the team is what they're going to do on special teams. It's not flashy, it's not pretty, but if one of these guys can really solidify themselves on special teams tonight, then they might actually have their wide receiver five or wide receiver six. Because as of right now, it's a dead heat between all these guys, and someone needs to establish themselves on special teams to make this roster. For sure, especially Gunner on punt team. Like punt coverage in general seems like where the biggest island is placed on these guys. We've seen some of them make really big plays. Like Jalen Jones, for example, last week, I think he made a big one uh, on special teams in punt coverage. Stuff like that. See who are these receivers first are being used at Gunner. But otherwise, who's getting down there first to either make the tackle or change the trajectory of the returner? Like that will be the big thing. It's not always sexy to watch. Uh, but if you want to find who's going to actually get that last spot, it's probably going to come down to things like that. 
Um, also the tight end, uh, tight end three and four. Basically, you know, you and I have been talking about, you know, Jelani Woods, Kylan Granson. We know those guys are probably safe. Drew Ogletree probably. How does this whole thing shake out? Because we're looking at Mo Alley Cox, Drew Ogletree, Will Mallory, Pharaoh Brown. Like, how does this all shake out? Because we know they're going to, they're obviously going to keep more than two tight ends. But who comes after that? Yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to Will Mallory or Mo Alley Cox for that tight end four spot. I do think they're going to keep four. Uh, I With do Ogletree think Drew, being three, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Drew Ogletree is good at three. Like, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. It comes down to do they keep the project pass catcher and Will Mallory? Or the veteran that they kind of know what they have there in Mo Ali Cox. Uh, I think tonight's kind of a last audition for both Mallory and Mo Ali Cox to see if they can, you know, if which one of them is going to be on the roster. And also for Mo Ali Cox, especially like if he's not going to be on the roster, tonight's another audition for another team, maybe in a trade or or in a signing after cutdown day. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two guys. I think as of right now, the Colts might lean Mallory over Mo, but we'll see tonight. We'll see tonight what the rotation looks like and and you know, how many snaps these guys get out there. But uh, it's it's a big night for those two players in particular. It really is, especially for Mo. You're just looking for anything because they're like, he's been hurt a lot of the summer, but I, I also haven't seen any big plays or anything while he's been out there. So just really any sign of life that he could be the guy he was even just a couple years ago. Uh, I think that's what everyone's looking for. Yeah. And one more thing I want to touch on before we move to defense, uh, the Colts backup offensive line has not been very good at all no. this offseason. I know that there are reports that the Colts defensive line was killing the Colts O-line in, in their joint practice the other day. But I think, again, we got to remember that was with Arlington Hambright and Danny Pinter in the starting lineup. I'm not saying that this Eagles defensive line wouldn't be taking advantage of the Colts offensive line regardless, but it, with those two guys in there who are barely rosterable players, it's going to make even more sense that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are, are winning most of their reps. Uh, so a big thing for tonight is just, will any of these backup offensive linemen actually prove to be worth a roster spot? Like we think Danny Pinter and Blake Freeland are probably safe, but outside of that, you know, they have seven guys that'll make it right now. They might keep nine on the initial, but I really think they're going to use that fourth waiver claim to grab multiple offensive linemen because I don't think that there's anybody in-house outside of that top seven that the Colts actually believe in. Maybe a handbright on the practice squad, but we'll see. This is the last showing for this backup offensive line to actually do something and, and show that any of these guys are worth making the roster. I just, I don't know if we're going to see it. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see it from them tonight. Um, yeah. The, the line depth started the offseason scary, and it remains scary. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to make some claims there, but we have plenty of time to talk about that the rest of the offseason. Coming up, guys, we're going to talk about this Colts defense and what we want to see from them against this Eagles passing game. But first, it's game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. I personally love game time because it, fe it feels like, you know, just being spontaneous and going to a show or something on a whim, I can go right to them and I don't have to browse a bunch of different places. With their flash deals, images of seat views, and lowest price guarantee, Game time is an easy choice. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll get the best 
price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And every dares, don't worry, don't miss us too much today. We'll be back right after the Colts Eagles preseason game late tonight. It might be like around midnight or you know, 12:30 in the morning. But we will be back on here to talk all about what we saw in the game and our final impressions of this Colts team before we go into the 2023 NFL season. So every dares, again, we'll be back on here later tonight. All right, Jake. So diving into the defense, obviously we have a few position battles that we're looking at here. Obviously, corner is the most pressing one to really mm-hmm. see, I think, because we've been saying all offseason, we have seven guys that we think could or should make the roster. So it's kind of that last audition for the guys who are not roster locks. Like we got Dallas, Dallas Flowers as a roster lock, Daryl Baker Jr., Kenny Moore, and obviously Juju Brents won't get cut. But outside of that, you know, these guys are still competing for those those bottom spots. Yeah, it's really tough to say because, like you said, there's there's a handful of guys who you're pretty sure are there. But just like when we did our roster prediction thing the other day, I think I had seven corners, and like that's a lot, but it's it seems legit. You know, like who do you get rid of? Do you get rid of Tony Brown, who is your backup nickel? Do you get rid of Jalen Jones, who has been great and has done nothing but positive things? I don't think so at all. Never. Dar- I would never get rid of Jalen Jones. Dar- Darius Rush, who has his peaks and valleys. You know, his peaks are pick sixes and, and big-time plays, and his valleys are touchdowns given up. Uh, but, you know, you got him in the fifth round, and you felt he was a steal at the time. Um, I really, really don't know. Like, mm-hmm. the cornerback group is maybe you just grandfather all seven of these guys in, but, like, I, I don't even know that tonight is like the final audition for these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think something interesting with Tony Brown compared to the other guys, though, that is something to keep in mind is Tony Brown can be cut at any time and he's not subject to waivers because he's almost 30 years old. I think he's 29 years old. He's been in the NFL for a while. So if you were to cut a Jalen Jones or a Darius Rush, they go through waivers and anybody can claim them. So mm-hmm. you risk losing them to any team there. But with a Tony Brown, you could wait like two days after cut day release him, put him on your practice squad, and nobody really can even talk to him <laughs> like because you can already get all that thing going there. So I think we might see initially they keep seven, including Tony Brown, and then cut him like two days later before the first game, put him on the practice squad, and then use him as a game day call up if they want. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways they could maneuver that there. Uh, another position group that really intrigues me, and I'm excited to see these guys tonight, is the rotation at defensive tackle, just to see what we have there because – Adetomi is going to make the roster. You know, Adetomi mm-hmm. Adebore, he's going to make the roster. Eric Johnson's probably making the roster. But then you have McTelvin Aguim, Taven Bryan, or maybe neither. Like, we don't know if they're going to keep all, right. all those guys there. So I, it's it's an interesting night for those two veterans there, for Taven Bryan and McTelvin Aguim especially, because this is their last shot to show they deserve to be on the roster. Yeah, for for Brian, especially with how much def- much time DeForest Buckner has missed this summer, 
Brian has gotten a ton of run with the first team, you know, before that second team, like the guy was getting reps on reps. And I just can't say that I've really noticed any huge impact plays from him, like mm-hmm. not disrupting the the backfield consistently or getting to the quarterback, things like that. And there's obviously going to be a drop off from DeForest Buckner, but like he's a, you know, Taven Bryan's a veteran at this point, you know, how long do you hang on to that? Um, as for McTelvin Aguim, He's a guy, you know, I've really liked what I've seen this summer. Um, do you feel comfortable playing him at three, or do you feel that he's just a, a backup nose for you because that's what you've done with Eric Johnson also? And then there's there's probably tiny nuances to positional stuff when it comes to what they're determining. Um, but, yeah, Ade's going to gonna make it. Johnson probably – like I said with the prediction the other day, I, I think I cut Brian and a game. It's a really close one with a game, though. It was a numbers game for me. Yeah, I, I like McTelvin a game a lot, too. I think he's only 25 years old, former third-round pick, former top 100 pick, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taven Bryan, he's been in the league for five years, has eight career sacks, so not really a huge pass rusher in his career mm-hmm. as of right now. And all these guys are not great run defenders, so you might as well go okay. with the youth. Uh, in that in that scenario but like you said they could cut both the game and Taven Bryan and it wouldn't shock me because I know they like Eric Johnson a lot and they're playing the mm-hmm. long game with him at a Tommy, they're really really high on like yeah. super high on at Tommy. Uh, so it might just be a numbers game where you only keep those two because they're the young guys and then maybe try to get like an Aguim on your practice squad Taven Bryan would probably get signed somewhere else so you would you would end up losing that but you know there's a lot of ways they could go with this defensive tackle depth for sure that's pretty much exactly how I see it going. I think the two young guys make it, and then you try and get a game back on the practice squad if possible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we go to defensive end, and it's kind of a similar situation where the Colts have a couple veterans that they like, Khalid Kareem, Al-Kadim Muhammad. Those are guys, they know what they have there. They're not going to be anything special, but they're just sturdy presences. And then you have Titus Leo, the young guy who's had a pretty good offseason. Like, I wouldn't say it's like an amazing offseason, but – you know, rookie six round pick out of, I think Wagner is where he was out of, you know, it it hasn't been phenomenal, but has it been enough to where you say, okay, let's go with the young guy over the two veterans. And it's probably more likely Titus Leo gets to that practice squad more so than some of these other rookies. So what do you do with that? Do you go with the stable vets or do you go with Titus Leo? And what if Leo has a monster game tonight where the other two are quiet and it's like, okay, who do we keep here? You know, I think that's a really difficult conversation for the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to say especially tonight's game. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter for Leo, but how many examples do we have over the last like 10 years of young Colts edge rushers having a great summer and then they get cut? You know what yeah. I mean? Like Caesar Rayford, Ryan Dallaire, Ben Banigou. Ben Banigou wasn't cut, but uh, you know that whole situation. Yeah, he was basically cut. Like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to know what the team is looking at when you ha- do have these guys clearly balling out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I do think Muhammad feels safe just because they already know what he can provide. And as a backup, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Kareem, I think has had a pretty positive training camp as well. Uh, so Leo, I don't know how much the NFL was in love with him pre-draft. Maybe they could get him onto the practice squad if they wave him after. Yeah. And then the two other positions that we haven't talked about that are, you know, we're looking at tonight, but it's not as important. Uh, safety, we have three locks and then Trevor Denbo as, is like knocking on the door of being a mm. lock as well. 
I feel pretty safe saying Dembo is going to be on the roster. And then at linebacker, Grant Stewart is going to be your linebacker four. And then, you know, is it Jojo Doman, Saguna Luby, Cam McGrone? It's probably Jojo Doman or maybe mm-hmm. a waiver claim, but we feel pretty good at those two positions. Like we don't really need to see much more out of linebacker and safety tonight. Like it would be nice to see some more Denbo and Stewart and, and Doman plays, but I feel pretty good projecting those two positions right now. Yeah. I'm intrigued to keep watching Denbo and how he's used. Like he's done a lot of the strong safety stuff, but I want to see him more in the nickel, how they've, how they've done that. Um, Cause again, what you do with Tony Brown could matter. Cause if, if, Tony Brown is on the practice squad and Kenny goes down in a game. Well, you have to have someone play there. If Denbo's active that week, is that the guy you plug in? Julian Blackman, is that the guy you plug in as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing the continued cross training with Denbo. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I really can say. I'd like to see with them again. I think Trevor Denbo is going to make the roster uh, and he's going to mm-hmm. be a prime special teamer and he'll be the, he'll be the fourth man up if anybody goes down, but I don't know if he's much more than that, but that's fine. That's all you really need to be, you know, on this on this defense. So I feel pretty yeah. good about him being the guy. I know Ronnie Harrison came in and it was like iffy if he could take that spot, but Dembo had a great week last week. Harrison's still playing with the with the fifth team, so you know mm, it, it's kind of it's kind of I feel I feel pretty safe saying Dembo is going to be that guy. Yeah, same here. Uh, so we're about to finish up and turn the floor over to you guys, but first a reminder about the place to be for Colts pregame tailgates. Nevermore. At Nevermore, get lost in literality and experience a place filled with intricate design and immersive experiences. From upscale food and spirits to music and entertainment, Nevermore will be Nevermore will never be a predictable destination. There's 25,000 square feet of space, which features multiple rooms. Nevermore has an elevated pub food menu, an old world style pub in the center of the space uh, that features classic handcrafted cocktails, draft beer, wine and seltzers for all of us that love the nooners. Uh, There's also a secret passage back to a hidden speakeasy bar. That's a nice little uh, private event area. They've got a rooftop terrace, which has just an incredible view of the city down at the monument on the circle. Uh, They've also got a game bar with billiards, duck pin, bowling, arcade games, and more. Uh, You guys already know I've I've talked all about. uh, I'm hosting those pregame shows uh, before Colts home games throughout the season. Uh, so that's been really fun. Come on out, watch me, t- watch me talk and break down the game. Uh, I'm going to be having guests throughout the season as well. Uh, but also, you know, have a good time. Eat, drink, be merry, do all that stuff while uh, while I'm up there yakking. Uh, visit Nevermore under the historic Union Station on South Meridian Street in Indy. Follow Nevermore Union Station on Instagram or NevermoreUnionStation.com. Escape and explore the extraordinary at Nevermore. All right, so we really enjoyed doing this throughout uh, training camp was just, you know, designating segment three to you guys, asking us questions and everything. Um, it's it's allowed us to kind of address the things that you guys want to see. And with the game tonight, the final preseason game, I think that's uh, a good opportunity to do that again. Zach, have you had any that jumped out yet? Yeah, so scroll through here. Yeah, so guys, we're not going to uh, – we're going to push the – Jonathan Taylor ones to the end because we just had a whole episode on Jonathan Taylor yesterday. Me and Colts beat reporter Destin Adams talked all about the whole situation itself, what it means for the Colts, what the Colts could get in the trade. 
and also dispelling some of the rumors about that entire thing. So go back to yesterday's episode if you really want to hear our thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor trade. If we have time at the end of this one, you know, we'll we'll talk about some stuff. But for the most part, you know, I feel good about where we're at with our Jonathan Taylor conversations. Um, Drake obviously asked our boy Drake Wally, who works with us over at Horseshow.com. He asked, do you guys think that Farrell Brown is gone? Uh, I think he's an afterthought given his bad penalties, but he's blocked well. I will say that one thing I think that has really hurt him throughout training camp uh, was the fight the other day against the Bears. <laughs> or Yeah, it was the Bears practice and joint yeah. practice. He was trying <clears throat> to fight multiple times and Shane Steichen kicked him out of practice. Uh, then you also throw in some penalties. You throw in the fact that he really hasn't emerged with all these tight ends being hurt. I, I just think, yeah, I think he's an afterthought because I don't think he's going to make the team. <laughs> Right. I think it comes down to just do they think he's going to be a better blocker than Mo? And if so, do they just want to save that money? Because like they could save a little a little bit of coin to cut Mo and they could just go with Farrell Brown as the blocking tight end. But I don't know that Brown has done enough to merit doing that so yeah. far. So I would lean towards no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, organized biology as how concerned are we with AR's health tonight versus the Philly defensive line uh, going up against our offensive line. Now I will say, I think this, if this were like a real game, I'd be a little concerned because yeah, that that would be very bad, (laughs) very bad uh, with the Colts offensive line. But uh, I do think that with it being a preseason game, we're going to get a lot of bubble screens. We're going to a lot of quick hitters, just getting that ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, and then also if the play is not there, just eat it and, and get out of the play, go to the next down. Uh, I think because the preseason game, you can kind of protect your quarterback a little bit more. He might, you know, he might take a couple hits. He took a couple hits in that Bills preseason game. But uh, for the most part, since it's not a real football game, it's it's very vanilla and kind of fake. Uh, I, I think he'll avoid taking some some pretty big hits. I hope. I hope. Famous last words that could be for me there, but I, I think he'll be okay because it's going to be so many quick hitters and like screen plays and bubbles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, line him up and shotgun and pistol. You know, there's going to be times where he takes off and runs and he's going to get hit, but I guess just limit those and get the ball out quickly because there is a clear mismatch there in, in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Billy asked us, asked us uh, will Chris Ballard be with us next year? I think it would have to take like a one win season for him not to be yeah. here. Like I, I, the way that I read the situation is Chris Ballard is going to be sticking with Shane Steichen until the whole Shane Steichen thing either works or doesn't work. So unless this season is like a one win season or like a zero win season or something, uh, I think Chris Ballard's going to be with the Colts next year and probably the year after that as well. Yeah, I think this offseason was kind of a reinvestment in Ballard of sorts. Mm -hmm. Not that he's got, not that it's a totally clean slate. Like his seat's probably still a little warm. Like he's still, his record is what it is. Uh, But no, I definitely think he'll be here for here and next year at least. Yep. Yep. We got a couple more quick ones we'll hit here. Uh, Does Jalen Jones go in before the other rookies at cornerback? Honestly, as of right now, like I think Juju Brents probably still goes in before him, but I think it's close enough to where I can't say that for sure. Uh, I mm-hmm. do think Jalen Jones has surpassed Darius Rush on the on the depth chart. Uh, I think it's just going to take some more time for Rush. He's playing very upright and very uh, inconsistent right now, but Jalen Jones looks really solid. He looks like the most advanced out of these young corners at the moment. It's just Juju Brents has such a high upside. It wouldn't shock me if he got more play than than Jalen Jones, but I think if they needed a starter tomorrow and then one of Baker Jr. or Dallas Flowers couldn't go, to me, I think Jalen Jones is the most ready to go in there right now. 
Yeah, I could I could see that being the case just narrowly. I think it's only like a short matter of time until Brents is, is the guy that they call up in that instance. Mm-hmm. But Jones has been around the whole time, hasn't been injured, hasn't been missing time. He's been in this scheme for months now learning it and has performed at a high level. He's tenacious. He's giving a lot of effort. He looks comfortable in it. Um, so for now, I would say, yeah, he's probably the next outside guy coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, listening to the inside the football or inside listening to inside football. Is that a podcast or is it a pregame show? Do you know, Jake? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I, okay. It's probably a pregame show. I think it's probably a pregame show on like the Colts radio network. Gotcha. Okay. Listening to inside football with Rick Venturi. He went off on Titus Leo's upside. Do you see that as well? I will say in the preseason, I've been pretty impressed with Titus Leo. Like you can see that he's still not there when it comes to shedding blocks and getting into his pass rush moves, but I've been really impressed with his run defense, with his physicality at the point of attack, his energy. I think if this were a Matt Eberflew styles defense, like he would, he would no doubt make the roster. And I do think with his, with his athleticism, he could be good with Gus Bradley as well. It's just going to take some time. Uh, so personally, I'm kind of with Rick where I'd say, yeah, like I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic about his upside. And I want to see Titus Leo make the roster. Yeah, I am too. Cause he has been better against the run than I thought he might be. Like I kind of expected him to be really just a pass, a project pass rusher uh, coming in, but he's a little, a little more polished than I thought he would be. Uh, he's able to cover a little more ground and is a little, I don't, this sounds bad. He's a little more useful than I thought he might be right now. <laughs> um, but his upside, yeah, I mean, really athletic kid. He's bigger than I thought he would be, too. Like, mm-hmm. his frame is pretty decent. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like his upside. And coming from from Coach Venturi, like, while the rest of us have been following Anthony Richardson across the field, wherever he goes, when they finally got into pads and it was one-on-ones, Coach goes and watches the offense versus defensive lines. He goes and watches those guys. So, a lot of what he's seeing is one-on-one reps that he's won against Colts offensive linemen. So I, I take some stock in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We got one more question here from Jeff Cena, John Cena's long lost brother. Uh, <laughs> choose a rookie not named Anthony Richardson who can have the biggest team impact over the next three years. Now I will preface this by saying, I think the cheating answer is Josh Downs because wide receivers, obviously, yeah. you know, wide receivers going to get so many more reps He's going to be more flashy and he might be a starter from year one, but let's go aside from Josh Downs, Jake, who's the guy with it over the next three years that has the biggest team impact of this rookie class. Man, besides Downs, I'm going to say Brents. I'm going to say it's Juju Brents. Um, Cause it, again, I've said it's only a matter of time until he locks in one of those starting outside corner roles. And I mean, he's a guy who I think, you know, really lengthy can take the ball away too. So I think that's going to, I think he's going to be at at least an average to slightly above average corner within those first few years. Uh, So I think that's going to show itself pretty early. I know that's kind of cheap too, because like he's there was their net, you know, second round pick. Uh, But just looking in terms of like impact at the rest of his position group, I think it's probably him. Yeah, and, and I'll just throw in an additional one here because I would obviously go Brent's as well. I could go Atatomi, I think, because I'm really high on Atatomi's upside. But I think an additional one I want to throw in here is Jalen Jones, mostly because when I see him, I see a guy who's going to be in this league for a long time. And I don't see – how do I word this? I'm not saying that I see Juju Brent's and Darius Rush as bust potential guys, but I think that they are more likely to burn out a little bit in the league than a Jalen Jones. 
So it could be a situation where those guys are dealing with injuries or or they're just not living up to their potential. I think a Jalen Jones guy is always going to be this type of corner, just a solid underneath corner that's going to play physical and get some pass breakups, very Rocky sin like uh, mm-hmm. and the Colts got that type of player in him. So I'm not going to like, I think this is just a safer option is saying Jalen Jones for that. I do think Juju Brents ultimately will get to his potential and play really well. Uh, but I do like Jalen Jones as a sneaky, sneaky answer for that question there. But every day is again, you don't have to miss us too much today. We'll be back live after the Colts victory over the Philadelphia Eagles victory. Cause sling and Sammy's going to get us another win tonight. So after tonight's victory over the Philadelphia Eagles with sling and slam sling and Sammy, we're going to be live here on the YouTube channel. And obviously audio will go up right afterwards to talk all about the Colts preseason finale. So if you don't already, Follow at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 all on Twitter slash X. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys back here after tonight's game.